Welcome to the Betterism Podcast, a learning community seeking out life's unusual lessons from its unlikely places. I'm your host, Glenn Binger, author, teacher, and coach, and I'm here to help spark some collective growth. I hope you'll stick around and teach us a thing or two, but first, a few words from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Two Key Customs. Two Key Customs, always heartfelt, homemade, handmade, unique art items. Uh, Two Key Customs is a husband and wife duo, Steve and Lindsay Zimieski. Um, They founded in 2014, around the time of their wedding, actually to make some of their invitations. Um, And they just kind of continued making stuff for friends and families ever since. Um, Their focus really is on chapbooks and zines for poetry, short stories, uh, various art. Um, but their goal is really to release at least one project per month for each year. Um, they're actually already have an incredible lineup schedule. I got a little sneak peek on that. Um, they create custom homemade paper goods for any special event, regardless of the reason or the size of each occasion. Um, they do invitations, save the dates, flyers, thank yous, anything in between. Uh, they even do apparel. So definitely reach out, check them out. Um, you can holler over on Instagram at two key customs two spelled out two W O. Um, they really appreciate the uniqueness and importance of each event in their clients lives. And they're really happy to create something that's custom, like truly custom and unique just for you. They're also open to collaboration. So if you have an idea, uh, something you're looking for, feel free to reach out. They're very, very open-minded and welcoming. Um, even if it's just to answer a couple questions. So again, that's two key customs, New Jersey hometown heroes, homemade, handmade, always heartfelt. This episode is brought to you by a brand new podcast called The Discontents, The Disappearance of a Young Radical. It's actually an audiobook by indie author James Wallace Birch. It's a narrative style podcast and it's an adaptation of his cult classic novel split into podcast episodes. I believe there's eight in total. It's available for free on anchor.fm slash James Wallace Birch or wherever you get your podcasts. The novel itself, of the same name, has a four-star rating on Goodreads. It's the first book in the gripping mystery of the 2011 disappearance of Emery Walden, notorious graffiti artist. Um, It is a highly captivating listen. I recommend you check it out as soon as you can. Enjoy. All right. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Betterism Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn. Today, we got another special guest, Patrick Moore, uh, poet, writer, collage artist, musician, wearer of many hats. Patrick, welcome to the show, man. Hello. Thank you for having me. Definitely. Um, I am glad that we finally got a chance to, you know, put a voice to the name and kind of communicate outside of the uh, Instagram DMs. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think that's one of the benefits of, uh, you know, uh, creating a podcast. I feel like you, you get a, you get a chance to kind of like reach out to people in a different forum outside of, you know, the creative realm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, so, you know, I want to get to, I know you just came out with, uh, your book, um, love almost ruins anything everything i'm sorry and we'll get to that in a minute um but i kind of want to touch base on your your creative process your creative outlets before we get to that because i think once we kind of you know kind of dive into that it'll kind of paint a better picture of your latest release here and i know that's only one of your you know your your uh, long-form collections i have a ton of your chapbooks sitting on my shelf I got your fir- first book, you know, uh, I'm a huge fan. So of course, that's why I wanted to have you on the show. But before we jump into that, I mean, you know, your creative process and the thing that I think resonates with me specifically is that you have you have a few different outlets where you expend your creativity, um, everything from music to poetry, of course, to collage. Uh, do you I mean, first of all, do you have a preference? Like, is there one like one of those? Is that like your go to or do you just kind of, you know, go with the whim and like whatever you're feeling, you kind of kind of reach out that way? Yeah, I just kind of write whatever comes to my mind. Um, you know, whether 
like you just said, it's music or whatever. Um, I really feel like uh, ever since I started writing that um, I've been tackling some demons, you know, that have been haunting mm. me for the past, uh, you know, couple of decades here and uh, mm-hmm. just been kind of getting that out. And it just, you know, poetry really feels like a, a release to me. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely, I definitely vibe with that. I mean, I, you know, writing is in its own sense is like a means to, to understanding, you know, things that are happening. And, and there's definitely, there's definitely different genres that, you know, people can touch base on, but I, I find that poetry, at least for myself, and it seems, it seems like it kind of resonates with you here, but like for me, poetry is a free form exploration of that concept, right? You're trying to like understand your own personal reality and kind of like tie strings where you can, but doing it in a way where you're not really worried about, you know, structures like grammar and things like that. So, yeah. (laughs) But so what is your, I guess we'll start with poetry. Like what's your, what's your process? Do you, I mean, do you just like kind of sit down and, you know, as Hemingway says, just bleed or do you like kind of plan before you sit down to write? Like, how does that, how does that work for you? Oh boy, that uh, I I could almost answer that question, you know, a different time each way. Uh, but <laughs> um, for me, really, I actually try to just not think about writing. I try to just go about my day as normal, and you know, but really become consciously aware of everything around me and what's happening, and take it all in, you know, and. When I come to sit down to to write out my work, I just let it all just pour out. That's awesome. So it's kind of like a like a reflection period almost, right? I mean, you're you're kind of right. like taking the things that happen in your day to day life, and you know, seemingly not thinking about them until it's time to think about them. I mean, I know that sounds weird because that's you know our brains don't really actually do that, but. When you're producing any kind of art, I mean, that's what you're essentially doing is you're trying to like, you know, nail down the human condition somehow. Right. Right. Exactly. Do you have any, are there any major poets or even, I mean, contemporary, it doesn't have to be classic or anything, but is there anyone that you feel like really inspired you to kind of go down that path and kind of, you know, attack poetry from that angle? Um. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> don't and again, yeah. I'm not no pressure. You don't have to be profound. You know, I'm just trying to get right. a get an idea of who Patrick is inside, you know. Right, exactly. Um Yeah, see when I started writing poetry, I didn't really know um anything about it. You know, I wasn't into it. I never like, you know, had the thought in my in my life to ever become a writer. Mm-hmm. Um so when I guess when I started um you know, I just started doing my own thing. And then I had to just, you know, start finding people who had written poetry to, uh, you know, to kind of get some inspiration, you know, from somewhere. And, right. uh, you know, as, as many people, you know, <laughs> they discover Bukowski. And- yep. You know, he's usually the first one. (laughs) Yeah, he's usually the first one and got, you know, really into him. And then um, actually, you know, the the other poets that he had written about, I, you know, started looking up, you know, who they were as well. And, uh, you know, just started collecting. (laughs) Right. Kind of like picking up, picking up pieces here and there kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. How long have you been like in the poetry game? Only uh, three years now. Um, now is that, is that just publicly? Have you done anything like prior to starting to like, you know, self-publish your work? Is there anything that you did? Like, did you keep a journal or, you know, just, you know, write a poem and kind of not show anyone or just three years you've been doing it? Yeah, just three years is when I started. Um, like I said before, I really had no intentions or thoughts to ever become a writer. Right. And uh, one day, you know, I just started getting really intense thoughts and something possessed me just to, to write them down. And I wrote it in like, you know, poetry form. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 
it just started from there. And then it just, I guess I became obsessed with it and, you know, mm. <laughs> right. Well, that's all, you know, that's all great art. I feel like when you, I, I say you, but I mean like when anyone kind of, you know, finds that inner creative peace within themselves, it's, it's like a, it's like a passion. It just kind of like, you know, it, it overflows to the point where it's like, I just, you just become obsessed with it. Right. Whether it's poetry, music, art, painting, whatever it is. It's like, it's hard to, to limit that once that cap is open, you know? Right. Yeah. So how does that, how does it, how does that tie in with music? Did you pick up music after poetry, before mm-hmm. poetry? Do you find the two to kind of intertwine it all? How does that work with you? Uh, so, um, before that, uh, I think when I was like maybe 14 years old, I started playing guitar and then, uh, uh, a few years later, I really got into bass and then I was just mm. playing bass, you know, for, a, you know, till this day. But, um, you know, after writing or finding out that I could write poetry, uh, you know, all of a sudden it just comes to a realization. It's like, well, wait a minute, what else can I do? You know, so, uh, um, you know, I got a piano that's sitting down here not being played. <laughs> um, so I'm like, well, I'm going to, you know, pick this up and start hitting notes and everything until I see what I come up with, you know, and, um, and same thing goes with the, uh, the, the collage art too, you know? Yeah. You kind of like experiment and learn through those experiments and you just kind of keep attacking it. Right. Yes, exactly. Yep. I feel like that, you know, any art, any artist, I should say really starts in that realm right they kind of resonate with a specific medium and then they kind of explore and like you did like you kind of look up you know some of the greats within that medium whether it's poetry art music whatever you know and then you kind of you start you start to like pick pieces that you find work well for you right and you kind of scratch out the ones that don't kind of thing right i mean to me you know i can i can definitely see the music influence on your your poetry right like so you know, I have a couple of your, like I said, a couple of your chaps and your books. Like I can see how the music kind of that, that I guess brain kind of ties into the poetry brain. And it's so funny and fascinating to me too. Like I find that writers tend to, a lot of writers tend to also be some sort of musician, whether it's guitar, you know, piano, bass, drums, whatever. Um, I've, I, it's so fascinating to me how those two mental states kind of intertwine so nicely. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Did you play in, um, were you in like bands and stuff growing up? You said you started playing music younger. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. When I was younger, um, I was in bands and stuff like that. And then, uh, I, you know, I had kids at an early age, so it mm. became, you know, less of a priority, but, sure. uh, you know, I, I did try to get into bands and I had like a, uh, a really long string of bad luck, you know, with playing with people and stuff like that. So, Mm. um, (laughs) you know, you just start, uh, trying to learn multiple instruments and, you know, starting to do it all on your own. Yeah. Especially these days with the technology that's available, because I'm like you, I started playing guitar when I was like 13, 14 years old. Then eventually learned how to play bass because they were so close. And, you know, and then I started trying to experiment with like, you know, the piano. And then once I discovered like, you know, digital music production, I kind of started experimenting with that too. And kind of like figuring out like music theory on my own. Right. I never had like formal training, but you're able to kind of like, you know, tie those things together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was all self-taught as well, but, um, I really think that, you know, jamming with people, even without them saying anything, you know, they're, they're teaching you something, yeah. you know, just by, just by jamming with them. And it, you know, a lot of times too, I feel like that jam session, you know, if you're with the right people, you can, you can kind of vibe with them as long as, you know, you, you are open to the influx of change. I mean, you know, with music, like there's, of course, there's a ton of different keys and things like that you know, different, you know, harmonics and melodies and things. And as long as you're with, like, I mean, you kind of touched base on this, but like, you know, you had some bad luck with people, you know, and and jamming and stuff. But if you find the right group of people, and I feel like this goes with poetry as well, or I guess, you know, writing is in general, 
if you find and you vibe with this right group of people, you kind of like get this like contact inspiration to like keep going and keep getting better. Oh, you know, like just for instance, the, you know, the Instagram writing community, uh, I get a lot of inspiration from them and uh, I'm actually, it's almost shocking to me uh, how well everybody supports everybody else and lifts each other up. You know, I don't really see any negativity going on, you know, with that community. Yeah, it's such a beautiful thing. And, you know, so social media can be toxic. You know, I, I think there's definitely you see that on like things like Facebook and Twitter. I mean, even on Instagram. But if you like I said, like if you find the right community, you can really kind of draw that out without even realizing that you're doing it. I mean, you know. I feel like you're part of the same circle as I am within that writing community. But even though every one of us have our own style or even our own genre, right, we still kind of like connect to each other on a level where, you know, we want to see the other person succeed, even though we might not be in the same genre. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. So, I, you know, I, I think that's I think that's one of the benefits of the, you know, the day and age that we're in as far as social media goes course there are cons we don't really have to go into those or anything but you know like of course you have the whole you know the she poet genre that's kind of trying to take over at the moment but yeah yep (laughs) i mean it is what it is you know some people and again there's nothing wrong with that if you if you're the kind of person that like vibes with that particular genre like that's cool right but at the same time it's like some sometimes if you're part of the wrong community um, you can kind of find the other end of that spectrum and, you know, whereas you can be inspired by the right group of people, that same inspiration can be stolen from you if you're in the wrong community. Right. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen so many accounts get started and then die off, you know, or because they're, you know, they start this whole like, you know, shit talking war back and forth on social media. And it's just like, all right, man, like just step off, let people do their thing. It's not a big deal. Yep. Yeah, I've had it happen to me too. And, uh, you know, I just, just disregard those people altogether. I mean, that's all you gotta, that's all you gotta do. No, you're right. It's like, you know, it's, it would be ignorant to say that toxicity does not exist. You have to acknowledge that it's there, but you know, if that doesn't mean that you're just going to not ever encounter it, you are going to, especially online, you're going to encounter trolls. You're going to encounter negativity. I mean, that's just part of internet culture. But I think, you know, especially someone who is trying to self-publish and trying to, you know, put your work out there, you're exposing your vulnerabilities, number one. But number two, like, you have to kind of develop, like, that tough skin of, like, all right, I'm, this person, this, this stranger on the internet is not worth my time. Like, I'm not going to sit here and argue with this, you know, person on Reddit <laughs> about something that doesn't really even matter. <laughs> Absolutely not. And that's where I, I, I believe that, you know, sometimes silence is your loudest response, you know. Yeah. Just not saying anything, you know. Yep. It definitely mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, it, it, it causes the other person to get even more frustrated it, it resonates like yeah you know yep. that old saying it's like killing with <laughs> kindness right like sometimes uh-huh, when you're exactly. in an argument and you'll you know you'll just you'll just shut up and like smile at the person and that you know that triggers them even more to kind of keep going <laughs> you know <laughs> it's tough and it's a thin it's a it's a thin line to walk you have to be aware of the line and you gotta know like you know when to shut up or when to say something especially this day and age with you know, everything from, you know, what's going on with COVID to, you know, cancel culture. I mean, you know, it's, it's a difficult line to walk as an artist, you know, because of course you want to, you know, put your creative side out there and, you know, you want to expose yourself, which when you do that, you know, like I said, like that's, you're, you're exposing your own vulnerabilities, but you also on the same side of that, like you can't let trolls on the internet, suck your creative energies and and inspirations from you because they will do that if you're not careful. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, Suck the, you know, energy out of you, period. You know, it's just not worth the time, like you said before. 
and it's you know I, I've seen I've seen artists too who try to try to step outside of their boundaries right they try a new art they try a new medium and you know they first right off the bat they encounter like you know negative comment or you know negative feedback and they just give up on the art and you know it's not to say that that's easy because it's it's not easy to take criticism but at a certain point you have to kind of also understand like criticism is is the root of progress, right? Like if people are trashing your stuff, it's like, all right, well, yeah, it sucks and it feels bad, but take a step back. Like, why are they criticizing this? Right? Like, how can I, how can I make this better? And like, you know, uh, improve my own craft. Right. And again, like when you're starting a new skill, you know, from playing music and trying different instruments, like you're going to suck the first couple of times you do anything, it's going to be awful. That's okay. That's part of the learning process. Right. Just got to keep going at it keep digging away and i've already right. i've noticed that with from your first book to this new book that you put out you know love almost ruins everything i've seen that shift not not to say that your first book was awful that's not what i'm saying but <laughs> you know i've seen like the growth in your work and how you kind of shaped your poetry from that first time going around you know what i mean yeah. Do you, yep. Can you can you talk to that at all? I mean, it, how do you, how do you recognize your own kind of self growth there <laughs> from your first collection, your first full length collection to your second full length collection? Uh, you know, just keep plugging away at it. You know, seeing what I'm doing wrong or how I can improve. You know, and um, you know, when I first got into this whole thing, I think I was taking the the criticism the wrong way. Mm. You know, but uh, I've I've learned, you know, that, too, that, um, you know, if uh, somebody hates your work or they're slamming you or whatever, you know, take it, take it as a good thing. And. Uh, I, I really don't know what I'm trying to say. Here. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> That's all right. No, I mean. In my, in my mind, it it kind of, it feels like, it feels like one of those things where, you know, you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt, right? Like, of course you're going to get feedback that's negative, right? That's just part of, that's again, that's part of the creative process. When you put your stuff out there, not everyone's going to like it. And I think, you know, there's like a kind of a hidden skill within that there where you have to kind of be able to determine like what good feedback is versus bad feedback right like you know you put you see this all the time especially in the music industry someone puts out a new song and you know you'll see comments like this song sucks it's like okay that that's not good feedback right because you didn't i mean yeah okay that's the kind of feedback you want to ignore right this sucks but if someone says you know this sucks because x y and z i don't you know the the treble is off or the bass is off right that's that's like criticism that you can take okay. away and kind of apply to your own work, right? And of course, that's music yes. related, but that goes across mediums, right? So yes. did you, I mean, have you ever, you kind of touched base on this, but like what kind of criticism have you experienced in the past to kind of help shape that transformation in your work? Uh, it can go even music or collage. It doesn't have to be about poetry, but I mean, have you experienced that kind of, you know, obstacle? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, when I first started, I was on a few poetry websites, kind of, um, putting my feelers out there to see what people thought of my work. And I mean, this is even before I started putting anything on Instagram Mm. and, um, you know, I was getting a lot of, uh, uh, negativity from what I was writing about people sending me messages and stuff like that. Right. And, uh, you know, for one, I really, I, I didn't care. I, you know, I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this. I'm just going to keep going. I'm yeah. just going to keep spitting it out. I don't care what you say, unless you have something to tell me like, Hey, you need, like, maybe you need to change this or, you know, like you said that X, Y, and Z. Um, but other than that, you know, somebody just, uh, you know, insulting you or bashing you in any way just disregard those people keep moving forward yeah and i feel like you know as a 
as a creative person, if you're able to, if you're able to kind of determine and, and make very specific your end goal or your end game, like where you want to end up, whether it's, you know, a book, whether it's an album, um, whether it's a collection of art, right? Like if you have a specific end goal in mind and you are trying to take steps towards that end goal, right? Of course, you're going to experience the feedback, but learning how to sort through that feedback, like you said, you know, sort through the the specific feedback versus the garbage feedback, right? That's only right. going to help you take steps in that direction. And yet, not to say that it's not going to hurt, because of course, you know, again, you're putting your heart and soul on the page and like people are trashing it, that it is going to affect your emotional state, right? As a human being. And that's okay. Yeah, we're all humans. We all have those feelings. But like, look at any great artist, right? Like any great writer, um, musician, like they, they got there because they kept going. They kept taking those steps. They, they stepped over the haters and they kept going. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, I don't know to me as a, as a fellow creative, I feel like I can see that within your work. I mean, I, I love when you post online, you know, you, you'll post like a little jam session on the piano you'll do, you know? And it's like, yeah, I follow your, I followed your page from the poetry to start with. But then once I started seeing you experimenting with these other art forms, you know, and, uh-huh. and putting yourself in a space where, you know, I'm not like trying to promote any music or anything. I'm just, this is, I'm, this is my creative time, you know, kids are in bed or whatever, like, here's me jamming on the piano, right? Like, that yep. is, you're, you're consciously putting yourself in that light. And that can be a little, that can be a little frightening. I mean, do you have, what, what's your mindset like there? Do you just kind of like, you know, like, say, fuck it, I'm going to stream this? Or, I mean, how do you approach something like that? Yeah, exactly. Um, like you just said, I, you know, I just, I'm just going to put, put it out there, see what people say, you know, um, and see what kind of feedback I get and, uh, just keep right on going, you know, just not care pretty much. Yeah. That's very, uh, uh, to me too, that's also, and this has come up on the past few episodes and maybe I'm biased, but that's very like, like punk in nature, right? This whole like of, do it do it anyway do it yourself like screw what everyone else thinks like i that, at least with me like that's kind of that's where i get the diy vibe from is like i that has stemmed in my own work as kind of like i don't know the roots of where it all kind of started right but right, yeah, I, what right. what kind of uh influence do you have as far as your musical background goes do you have a punk influence or do you kind of just Oh Whatever. yeah. So, I mean, I was just heavily into punk rock, you know, uh, from an early age. Um, and, uh, I did the hell out of it, you know, going to shows, buying all the records, yeah. you know, every t-shirt I own was, a, you know, <laughs> some punk rock band. On <laughs> yep, there. Yep, yep. Um, you know, and, uh, I think, over time though, I think I just overdid it. And, uh, you know, all that stuff starts sounding repetitive. So, mm. you know, punk rock bands are sounding the same. You hear something new and it's just almost predictable yep. what it's going to sound like, you know? Um, so, you know, just recently in the past couple of years here, uh, I started really getting into the like, uh, 60s, 70s, uh, psychedelic music. Mm, cool. You know, really found that uh, um, I used to take a lot of mushrooms and uh, <laughs> that, that music, you know, just uh, right, right. Um, it just kind of gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <So> if, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you're altering your state of consciousness. Right. And it, you know, I always I always kind of it's tough. It's weird. And, that, you know, I don't want to kind of put anyone on the spot or anything, but it, you you can meet people and kind of realize whether or not they've experienced that that state of consciousness whether or not they've you know quote unquote like figured it out right they they were able to kind of see things from a different light right i I know like when i and because i was like you right like i when i was a kid i punk rock was my thing that was like the music genre that i was into that's all i would listen to but as i got older 
you know, I started realizing like there are other musical genres, right, that are similar. Right. right? I mean, to me, the transition was like punk to ska. But then once I got to ska, it was like, all right, the floodgates are open. Like ska went to reggae to jazz. Right. And then like, yeah, you know, then I got into like the classic rock and then I went backwards, like you said, to like the psychedelic rock and stuff, you know, and I started to kind of realize like, yeah, all of these like labels, all of these all of these genres, they they divide, you know, musicians into this specific category. But if you take a step back and again, this goes for any art, not just music. But if you take a step back and you look at the bands, the artists as individual creatives, you you kind of realize like that's that's what they're known for is like their band or, you know, their their book, whatever their specific genre like poetry. But that's not yeah. all they are as a human, as a creative. They create in other realms right so right right i guess where i'm going with this is you know where did collage art for you kind of come into bout is is that an extension of the whole you know mushroom psychedelic kind of thing or has that oh just always been something in the background you kind of just had an eye for actually yeah you're pretty nailing that on the head there um so I started doing uh, collage work. I was making like birthday cards for my wife at first. Okay, you know? cool. And um, then I started getting onto Instagram and uh, looking at what other collage artists were doing. Right. And um, uh, I can't remember who it was, but there's somebody out there that their collage work, their the images that they were putting out there was like the hallucinogens I would see when I was tripping. (laughs) Right, right. And uh, I was like, man, I want to do something like what this guy is doing. And um, so I just, you know, went over to like an antique store and picked up like a bundle of, uh, you know, vintage magazines. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, one night, like, I'm not writing, I'm not playing music, you know, I'm going to work on this and see what I come up with, you know, and, uh, (laughs) and here I am now, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that's pretty cool though. I mean, like, you know, in, you know, cause you don't post the collage stuff as often as you do with the poetry and the music, which is fine. Like I'm not, you know, no pressure to do more of that or anything, but you know, I've the, the few that I have seen that kind of pop up my feed, you know, it it resonates because it's, I don't know. I feel like collage art, it's difficult to stand out on the Instagram right now because of how many people do it. But for some reason, like your work, the few, again, the few that I've seen stand Uh out. I'm like, oh, that's, that's Patrick's like that. That is 100% (laughs) his, you know? Yeah. So like, what do you, what do you do to make it stand out like that? Do you have, or do you just like, let it flow? Is that just all straight, like unconscious, just I'm making art kind of thing? Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, just put it together, take a picture of it, and just put it out there <laughs> in the world and see what people say, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I find that mad inspiring. I mean, it's it's very difficult to put your stuff, you know, as an artist, to put your stuff out into the world alone. But then to, like, right. take a step back and just do it and then, you know, not give a shit what anyone thinks. I mean, that takes that takes a set of guts that like not many creatives have these days, especially with, you know, everyone, ha- everyone and their mother having an opinion on the Internet. I mean, it, right. That's, yeah. It's difficult to overcome that level. How would you say that you've reached that mindset? Is that man? I, I want to say I'm just like naturally born with it, you know, because <laughs> I've I've had that kind of mindset, you know, when that, that applied to just about everything. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I, I envy that, man. That's that's something that I wish I had. I know, like, myself, like, I have drafts and docs and all kinds of, like, unpublished work that is just, is just sitting in my Google Drive right now that I'm like, man, I should really work on this. It sucks. <laughs> it's, like, almost done, but not done. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, I just, uh, you know, like, posting a poem or a collage thing, I'll post it, and then I'll just move right on next on to the next one, you know, just. Yeah. And just keep putting it out and just keep putting it out and not really care what, a, you know, somebody's opinion is unless it, you know, it is beneficial to me, you know, because right, right. there is, 
you know, good opinions out there as, as oh, well course. as the bad ones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that goes back to what we were just you know? talking about, right? Like, there is right. the criticism is a good thing, right? Like, people, it has yes. a negative connotation to it. But, like, criticism, if it's coming from the right person, number one, but number two, it's authentic criticism and not just, again, this sucks. I mean, that's a good thing, right? You have to be able to learn how to filter the between the two. But, like, once you figure that out, it's like, that's like, you know, people are like unknowingly helping you develop your own skills. Yeah. Yep. Whether it's good or bad. Right. Right. So how do you, um, and again, you don't have to get into, you know, like personal stuff, but you know, you said you have children. How do you manage your creative time? Do you have like a set schedule where like you sit down and like, this is my time or do you just kind of, you know, whenever you can? Uh, yeah. So, um, I do uh, divide up my time here, um, try to balance out, you know, work, uh, you know, family time and also the creative time here. Um, So I work overnight and on my days off, uh, I have the entire night, you know, to myself. Um, So I really try to do like three hours of writing, three hours of collage work, three hours of playing, you know. Mm hmm. And then sometimes, uh, like, let's just say, you know, I got 20 minutes before work. That's when the creative process really starts coming along. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Why? Why right now? You know, the crunch time. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So uh, I'll just sneak in, you know, some extra time here and there. You know, whenever I can. Yeah. I totally get that too. You know, especially, you know, I'm a, I'm a teacher. That's, that's my job job. And I feel like sometimes my best work comes when it's like, you know, it's like Sunday night and I know I have to wake up early the next morning and I'm like, Oh shit, I have no time, but I have this really great idea. And like, for whatever reason, I'll just, you know, pull out my laptop or whatever. And it will just kind of like flow out of me. Whereas other times, you know, I like, I'm kind of like you like, I have a schedule of like, you know, I have a you know, Friday night when I'm not going out, I'm writing. Right. And right, yep. I'll sit down in that time period and I'm like, either I'm too exhausted or just, you know, my creative brain isn't there where I want it to be. And it's like, I'm trying, but just, you know, it's just, it's dog shit coming out on the page, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that happens, but it's so funny about procrastination, I guess. And, and like last, last minute flow. Like, I, I don't know where that comes from. I wish I did. Listeners, if you have any idea, please feel free to reach out to us. But like, uh, yeah, where does that, where does that tap into? How, what kind of, like, what part of your brain does that come from? If you had to try to attempt to identify it. Wait a minute. I'm not really understanding the question. So here. like, if you had to identify where this, this like last minute creative like explosion comes from in uh-huh. in your own work. And I'm not talking general, but like in you, where do you think that kind of, where does that stem from? How, where did, how, like, what is it about your brain that makes you want to, you know, last, you know, last 20 minutes of my session, I, this is where everything good is coming out. Right. Right. I, you know, I really can't explain that. It's just all about timing. You know, nothing ever syncs up right. Uh, it's true. You know, uh, when I uh, <laughs> when I first started this whole thing, all my writing was coming out of me when I was at work. You know, when I was mm. busy, preoccupied with my hands. Mm-hmm. You know, the creative process really started flowing, and it's like, of course, you're nowhere near a pen or a paper or, you know, your laptop or whatever. <laughs> Right. It's like, do I, do I sit here and I try to remember all of this and then later on, you know? (laughs) Right. Right. How do you find it? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So I, I really, I don't have an answer for that. That's okay. I'm just, how that that works. (laughs) Yeah. I don't either. I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm curious because that's, that's always been something that I've always found strangely, strangely like just, in your face like how where does this come from right like these last 15 minutes before you know my students show up why am i having this amazing idea right now (laughs) yeah yep (laughs) um and i think too like the other thing you know like when i was a kid growing up yeah obviously phones weren't really a thing i mean they were Uh but not like to the extent that they are now Um, for those of you who are unsure i'm in my 30s but uh you know i i would have an idea and i'd have to find like a pen and paper right pencil paper kind of thing 
Um, right. And then once, you know, smartphones kind of became a norm, you know, I, I found it very beneficial. You know, you have this idea where you can like just record your voice or you can like sit down on, you know, Google Drive and type out your notes on a doc real quick and then come back to it later. Right. But right. there's definitely a difference there between the act of like physically writing something, whether it's, you know, pen, pencil or typewriter like you do. Right. Versus. Right laptop slash phone which do you have a preference with either of those um no not really i mean i use the phone the typewriter laptop pen and paper whatever i've got in front of me Mm. (laughs) so because i you know i it's weird i i've always i studied a little bit of psychology in my schooling so i kind of have an Uh idea of like how the brain operates in that regard uh, not okay. that I'm an, I'm not claiming to be an expert, so don't don't misinterpret what I'm saying. But you know, I've it, there's definitely been like I've re- I've read articles and books about how our brains kind of uh, interpret information, but also produce information differently in regards to the medium that's being delivered. Right? Like I know for me, right. I'm better to I'm I feel like my best lines in poetry or prose or whatever come when I am using a pencil or pen and paper and I'm sitting down and I don't have any distractions as far as technology goes. There's no phone, there's no laptop, there's no like, you know, chirps and chimes going off about who notified what. Right. I mean, do you have, is there something like that for you where you, in your creative process, like your best work comes when you have one specific like area, whether it's a typewriter, pen and pencil, laptop, but do you have something there? I, I don't think I do. I mean, just whatever I come up with, you know, I just, I just put it in there, you know, mm-hmm. get it out, out of the head onto paper or screen or, you know, whatever. Hmm. Okay. Um, do you do uh <laughs> do you do a lot of editing? Is it, is, how's your, what's your editing process like? Um, so yeah, the editing, I will just, you know, uh, you know, I'll like, let's say read the poem and like, maybe I don't like this and uh, I'll take that out of there or um, something maybe later on will come to my mind and uh, right. I'll be like, you know what? I want to use, I want to put that in, in that poem instead of, you know, what I had in there before, mm. you know, and just kind of, it's really, it's all cut and paste for me. Yeah everything i mean the inspiration the editing (laughs) (laughs) that's interesting though it's like because it's kind of um like it's kind of like cut copy paste right like you have this one idea you have this other idea and like maybe both of them aren't working but you kind of find a way to tie the two together and then all of a sudden it works right yes yeah i mean exactly again that that ties that to me in my mind that ties right back to the whole like punk influence of like do it yourself because it will come right like you'll you'll get to that point where you want to just put your work out there do you find that you if you once you publish something do you go back to it or is it like once it's published it's published you don't ever look at it again yep um i just keep moving right on to the next thing you know i'm already you know i just put out uh love almost ruins everything and yeah now i'm on to my next project i'm not even like really thinking about the book anymore other than you know i got to send out signed copies oh yeah the promo yeah and then promote on you know social media here and there yep that's the part that i hate i don't i feel like so inauthentic doing that kind of stuff because it's like you know the work's out there and i don't want to like shove it down people's throat right you know but like you kind of as especially as an independent artist like you kind of have to to an extent where you're extending your own you know this is my work like take a look at it if it interests you like do you find that there's a do you have any like strategies there i guess is what i'm asking is there like you know where you're not like going straight up into people's faces but at the same time like you know it's here do you have a i guess do you have a promo strategy at all or do you just kind of same thing kind of off the cusp um so like like promoting the book or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. 
I try not to do it every day, like once every couple of days. So I'm not really like blowing up everybody's news feed with, you know, with this stuff, because I've seen people do that where they're, you know, the same thing three times a day, every mm-hmm. day. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to keep seeing that. Yeah. You know, so I try not to do that to people. Sure. But yeah, when it's getting closer to when the book's going to get released, I kind of do more often than, you know, afterwards or whatever. I'm trying to, you know, get people to know about it. <laughs> right. Of course. And it's tough too, because that, um, I mean, that clashes with, you know, I've read a couple of books on like marketing and stuff. Ryan Holiday comes to mind, but it's like, you know, it, that clash, that, that attitude kind of clashes with like all of the advice that come from like the professional marketers. Cause they, you know, they always say like, yeah, just keep plugging it. But it's like, I know as a, as a consumer, as a viewer, right? Like if I'm scrolling through my feed or, you know, I'm, you know, watching TV, movie, whatever it is, if, someone is consistently trying to plug their thing and they just like literally like shove it down my throat. That make that, yeah. that makes me less inclined to even bother looking mm-hmm. into it. You know what I mean? Right. I feel the exact same. And I don't, you know, I don't know if that's, if that's me, like a personality thing, like if that's just me or if that's just how it goes, like, I, I don't know if that's like, it, like, is that a result of capitalism? <laughs> I mean, is that like a subset of like, just capitalism in general or is that like something that like yeah. just people just naturally just that's how they think i i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's always that kind of stuff always fascinates me i you know from an from an observational standpoint that that kind of stuff i've always found interesting you know and again to bring back up ryan holiday the biggest piece of advice i took away from his marketing book wasn't like the constant plugging but the line that really stuck out from his book and the name of his book is called trust me i'm lying and it's all about uh marketing in this day and age with blogs and things like Uh that but the line that stuck out with me was the best he says the best marketing you can do is to begin your next project to start writing your next book to start making the next album it's like yeah you still have to plug your thing but like the best thing you can do is to start working on the next thing and that's i mean that's exactly what you're doing yep so what so I don't know if you if it's too soon or not, but what is your next project? You want you want to kind of talk it up a little bit? Yeah. So okay, just put out the book, and now I am working on the um, uh, the spoken word where I write my own music and I, you know, say my own poems over it. Nice. Yeah. Um, this wasn't my idea. Uh, a longtime friend who. Um, is huge into he's got his own recording studio and um he does sound for like major bands you know he's toured the world and everything yeah uh he's he um suggested to me that i should do this you know right and uh i you know i i thought on it and everything i was like you know what you know what i'm gonna take that as a challenge and i'm going to (laughs) i'm going to do it yeah you know so uh and i'm gonna have him record it for me so uh, I've been kind of sort of been doing this for like the past year. I haven't really been, um, you know, full force at it. Okay. Like I, like I am now, right. you know, um, and I got this boat uh, uh, notebook over here filled with, you know, uh, for one, the poems and then two, all this stuff you know that i need for the piano mm-hmm. the bass lines you know drum tracks and all that stuff yeah um so yeah i'm just gonna do bass drum and uh uh and drums there that's awesome that's uh one of my buddies who was on the podcast early on tj mcgowan or the everyday bite um he just i don't i think his album came out but he kind of did the same thing where you know he was doing his own spoken word um uh-huh. individually like you go to you know open mics and things like that but then he kind of linked up with it like you said like you kind of had like he linked up with a musician so he doesn't like play his own music but he linked up with a musician and they kind of started doing the same thing where it's like you know they write music and they kind of overlay it onto you know the spoken word aspect so yeah to me that that's a genre that i feel like is gonna it's bound to explode in the next you know couple years here i feel like that's kind of the direction that things are going as far as spoken word poetry goes um 
but I've always found that fascinating. And you have the skill sets on both sides. So you have the music skill and you have the poetry skill and kind of like combining those two. I mean, to me, my, I like I, right now, like you tell me, you're telling me that and I see, or I hear like a, a learning life lesson in there somewhere. There's some sort of, and I don't know if I can put my you know finger on it, but it sounds like your same kind of attitude. Like this is an idea I had, I'm going to attack it you know, in any realms right. that I, that I can. So is it, are you aiming to do like a full length collection or are you going to drop like singles <clears throat> at a time? Like what, how are you? Uh, are I'm going to do uh, uh, 10 full songs with the poetry and everything. Um, and also I have this uh, pressed into vinyl too. So nice. Yeah. I kind of always like to, you know, revert back, you know, typewriter, yeah vinyl you know a retro yeah <laughs> you know with everything with the technology and everything i, I kind of take a step back yeah yeah i appreciate that though i mean i feel like that's especially in the independent artist community when artists you know they're not just dropping a single on spotify right like if you take the step to like actually physically produce you know a vinyl a cassette whatever it is like i don't know that's like an extra step that i feel like a lot of fans appreciate, even if they're unable to express that appreciation, they do appreciate it. Yeah. Yep. I mean, something to hold, you know, you can't hold an MP3 or right. whatever. <laughs> right. And I know like I have, you know, I have thousands of CDs and, and vinyls that I don't really use anymore because they're kind of, again, I just moved. So they're all kind of boxed away, but um, you know, like physically holding that, you know, cassette, that CD, whatever, and like popping it in without being able to like just shuffle or, you know, skip. Like, I don't know. It's a different experience, especially when it comes to music versus, you know, just throwing on a playlist on Spotify or iTunes or whatever. Right. Yeah. Are you a big vinyl collector? Uh, yes, I am. Um, you know, when first throwing my, you know, poetry work on Instagram, mm -hmm. Um, I would always post a, uh, uh, you know, a video of whatever, you know, uh, vinyl I was listening to that day. And, uh, that got me in a, a lot of trouble with Instagram, you know, with rights and all that yeah, stuff. And yeah, uh, yeah. I just, I stopped doing it. I'm like, okay, just move on to the next thing. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> this is too too big of a hassle i know and it's like oh, you're just <clears throat> trying to share your you know your creative process in a published right. forum and like here you got you know facebook instagram kind of cracking down on that which is stupid <laughs> right yeah yep <laughs> but uh so what kind of i mean what kind of music do you listen to when you work do you have like is it kind of like just whatever you're feeling or do you have like a go-to <clears throat> playlist or go-to vinyl how does that work for you well, now that we're in this beautiful day and age of uh, YouTube, uh, I actually, I find um, these uh, uh, playlists, you know, of, um, uh, you know, let's just, I, I'm just using classical music as a, uh, a reference here, sure, but, sure. Uh, you know, like 10 hours of Beethoven and Mozart and Bach, mm. you know, and I will just hit the play button and not even worry about anything and just do my thing. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, you know, maybe I'm not feeling that, you know, and I'll move on to something else. There's so many, uh, um, you know, playlists like that out there that, uh, it's just easy to jump around. Oh, sure. And I you find know. that, you know, a lot of times too, you discover things in other mediums that bring you to that same point. Like, for example, for me, I'm a big fan of the TV show, Mr. Robot, um, which I guess just had its final season last year, but, uh, the music and the soundtrack in that, in that television, um, series is all original. Right. So like, of course they, you okay. know, they, they intertwine like, you know, actual artists and stuff, but for the most part, the soundtrack is like original score. Um, and then, so I don't know, somehow, I guess, you know, the way that technology works, it must've heard me talking about it or something, but I got a recommend, uh, recommendation, you know, and it popped up yeah. with, Mr. Robot original soundtrack on my Spotify. Um, and I started, you know, I, you know, I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like I'll throw it on in the background as I'm working. Um, and it has since become the soundtrack 
to the novel that I'm working on. So like every time I sit down to like work and edit and write on the novel, you know, I, I throw on this Mr. Robot soundtrack and it's like, it's all, you know, ambient. There's no, there's really no vocals. It's like, you know, one of those things, it's like, you just kind of put it on in the background to kind of like activate your creative subconscious and you just kind of like flow with it. You know what I mean? Yes. The no vocals thing too is, is big, you know, not hearing anybody's voice yeah. and just feeling the music and it just, it really helps. It's like a lubricant to get the creative juices going. <laughs> yep. I remember being a kid, uh, 18, 19, 20, maybe, and uh, being really into band Thursday um, and I remember like putting on a couple, you know, war all the time or, or whatever, you know, one of their soundtracks, uh, soundtrack, one of their albums and, uh, sit down yeah. to write. And then I, you know, I, I look back at the poem or whatever I'm working on and it, all it is, is like, this is a third, this is a, this is a Thursday song. Like this is just like their lyrics uh, just shuffled yeah. up. Right. So it's like, <laughs> yep. it kind of, if you do that, not that there's anything wrong with it, but if, if you do that, you got to be careful not to let the lyrics kind of influence your own creative process and your own creative output which is tough right you know so i don't know mm -hmm. not that you don't of course I, you know i come from the belief that all great creative art is some form of theft there's definitely some form of stealing there um it's it's like a creative manipulation right so again, not, not that there's anything wrong yeah. with that, but like if you're really trying to find your true, centered, authentic originality, you kind of have to go without the without the vocals. Yeah. Yep. So And I agree with you about the, the theft thing, you know. Um you know, taken from here and there and everything and just kind of combining it all into one thing. Mm-hmm. Well, said it's a uh, that Austin Kleon mindset, right? I mean, that's right. it's, that's what you, that's what being an artist is like being inspired by other artists and kind of like taking an idea that resonates with you and shaping it to fit, you know, your human condition. Yeah, yep. I feel like I'm uh, creating, you know, like when writing the poem, like creating my own uh, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> right. That's exactly what yeah. it is. And, you know, you, you learn how to hone that and you learn how to use it. So it's not obviously plagiarism, right? But right, right. Once you once you kind of figure out that process in yourself as, as an artist, I, I feel like a person can kind of start to shape their art based around that. So. Right. Uh, all right, Pat. Well, uh, let's why don't we uh, transition to the rapid fire questions? Okay. All yeah. Right. Uh, so the first one has to do with reading, and uh, reading can be taken lightly. I've had answers on here, you know, ranging from audiobooks to documentaries. So don't feel like it has to be a physical book. But what are you currently reading right now? Would you recommend it to somebody? Uh, yeah, I'm currently reading <clears throat> two books right now, uh, both poetry books, and I would recommend them to people. Uh, <clears throat> The first one is uh, The Wild God of the World by Robinson Jeffers. Okay. It's a, uh, just a uh, uh, anthology of his poems. Oh, okay. Pretty much. Cool. And um, the other one is called Unreconciled by, uh, I hope I'm saying this right, uh, Michelle Wilbeck. Mm. I'm not familiar with that one either. Yeah, he's a French french writer cool so do you find mm. uh in the same realm as like music influencing right do you are you, are you finding that those are influencing you know your thought process and creative process when you're producing your poetry uh say that again so like when you're you're reading these two books right are, are you right. finding that they are inspiring your poetry at all your creative process behind them I mean, in the same realm as oh, like music, right? I mean, ties together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, these two books that I'm reading, mm -hmm. yeah, they've uh, are really sparking some inspiration here, you know, for new poems and stuff like that. That's good. So hopefully, it'll we'll see that we'll see that in influence in the uh, the next project and the spoken word thing. 
Yes. Cool. Yep. Awesome. I can't wait for that, man. I love I love when artists experiment in other uh, other like subset genres. I think that is absolutely fascinating. But I also, you know, the the process of learning to me is the thing that I find the most interesting is like learning that subset genre and then applying, you know, your own inspiration and influence within that genre. So I look forward to that. That's Mm -hmm. pretty cool. All right. Uh, So next question. Um, What is your favorite meal to prepare and cook? This could be for your friends, could be for your family, could be for yourself. Um, and, and don't feel like obligated, right? Like Arthur was on the show and you know, he's a pastry chef, so he had a really elegant yeah. answer, but I've also had people on here who are just like, <laughs> I don't know, I make like good spaghetti meatballs. So yeah. Yeah. But what do you, uh, what do you like to cook? Um, so I, I want to say over the span of eight years here, uh, I really started getting into cooking a lot, mm-hmm. uh, you know, perfected it and everything. Nice. The ones that I really enjoy cooking, though, are probably ribs and uh, also nachos. Nice. You know, some fully loaded nachos there. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> not just like chips and cheese in the microwave, like actual nachos. <laughs> not, yeah, no, yeah, not just cheese thrown uh, and tossed in the microwave. Exactly. <laughs> so how do you uh, how do you prep your the ribs when you go to make them? Um, I'll do a dry rub, marinate them in barbecue. Uh, then, uh, I'll put them in the roaster on the oven, uh, for about two fifty, and I'll cook it in like beer and other stuff and, uh, then throw them on the ribs after a few hours. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Um, cause you know, everyone, ha- <laughs> obviously everyone cooks differently, but it, you know, there's, there's a difference, I feel like, especially with ribs between like grilling something, roasting something, and then, you know, smoking something, right? Like I, do you prefer that you said roasting, right? Do you prefer that over the other forms for ribs? You know what? I don't have a, a smoker or anything like that. Mm. So this is just, this is just how I do it. You, you know, using what you got. <laughs> yeah. Using what I got. I get that. I get that for sure. All right, cool. So uh, last question here. And again, don't feel like you have to go like super profound or anything on it, but what's one life lesson you want to pass on to our listeners today? Like, what do you want them to take away from our conversation? Oh boy. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) One life lesson, huh? Uh. Because we touched base on quite a few. I feel like, personally, as a teacher, I feel like we touched base on quite a few good ones. But what do you think? <laughs> I'm drawing a complete blank right now. <laughs> I should have pre-thought of this. That's all right. I mean, it, so, I mean, do you want me to give – I can share, like, my answer if that helps you sure. kind of think about yours. All right. So I think the biggest thing that we talked about was – the art of recognizing and analyzing criticism, taking the good from the bad and using it and like trying to separate that from your emotions. That's that personally for me, that, that was my takeaway from the conversation, but you know, what do you, what what does Patrick Moore think? What do you, (laughs) what do you think? I mean, again, it can go, you know, from anything from music to art, to poetry, to collage, or it could even be like something you just, you know, a life motto you live your life by, like something outside of the conversation. Yeah, you know, based on what we talked about, I would just have to say just to not care and keep moving forward. Mm. That's a good one. Keep going. Yes, just keep going. One foot in front of the other. And when you think about it, I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's what life is. <laughs> you just kind of keep going, right? <laughs> Why would art be right. any different? Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Patrick, man. It's been awesome talking to you. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, where can listeners find you online if they want to reach out, connect, or check out more of your work, or hopefully buy your latest book? Um, just find me on Instagram at Rick the Shoeshine Boy. <laughs> Rick the Shoe. Is there, an, is there a story behind that name? I've always wanted to ask you that. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll talk about that. Um, 
So what does shining shoes have to do with writing? Absolutely nothing, right? <laughs> but uh, if you, I don't know if you remember the old cartoon Underdog. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a shoeshine boy by day. And then when there's trouble, you know, he's a superhero. And I kind of feel like, you know, um, that, uh, you know, that I, I kind of feel like a superhero myself when I'm writing these poems and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, and what I write about and stuff like that, I feel like I'm kind of doing the dirty work, you know, shining the shoes, ah. you know. And also the name too, underdog, you know, I kind of feel like I am the underdog, like nobody's, you know, placing their bets on me. Right. You know, right, right. I feel that. <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's, uh, that's where uh, I, <laughs> I got the, the name from. Excellent. I love that. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. That makes so much more sense. Cause it's like, I feel like when people, again, when you're choosing a username online, you know, there's some people put way too much thought into it. Other people, you know, don't think twice. I feel like that is like a happy medium between the two. It's like it applies, you know, you, have, you got your you got part of your name in there. Right. But it's also like, right. It means something to you. Right. <laughs> like it's there's that yeah. sentimental aspect of like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing this dirty work and like I feel great when I'm doing it. I'm just trying to like, you know, spread spread my message. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> I love that. So that's at Rick, the shoeshine boy with underscores. Right. Yes, yes, with underscores. Awesome. Where can uh where can listeners find your book? Is it on Amazon? Amazon, yeah. Amazon. Patrick Moore and it is called Love Almost Ruins Everything. Yes. Excellent. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. It was great to actually, you know, have a chat with you. We'll have to get get yes. through this and collab with something else forward going forward. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, have a great rest right. of your day, and we'll uh, we'll connect at some point. Okay. Yes, you too. All right. Be well. All right. Okay. Well, that's it, friends. Thanks for tuning in. I hope to swing through again. If you'd like to reach out. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at medium.com slash betterism. Be better at whatever it is you're building. And remember, friends, stay learning. <laughs>